This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly on Bloomberg Radio. Jason, education, we talk so much about it, rightfully we so. We talk so much about it, and one of the hardest working reporters always, but certainly right now, uh, is Janet Lauren trying to keep in touch and trying to keep track of everything that's going on in higher education. This week alone, there have been numerous stories. Janet joins us on the phone. So, Janet, before we get to the president of Morehouse, who we're going to bring on in just a second, give us 30 seconds on state of higher education right now. Well, a lot of schools have sent kids home because of higher test rates of coronavirus. We saw on uh, earlier this week the University of North Carolina said students should go home because a lot of kids were testing positive. Yesterday, um, Notre Dame had 80 students test positive in one day, and they decided to pause classes, pause um, online, I'm sorry, pause in-person activity for two weeks and see what happens. And Michigan State yesterday said um, that they would they would not be having on-campus uh, program. Right. Yeah, that's our backdrop. Let's bring in uh, David Thomas. He's president of Morehouse College. He joins us uh, on the phone from Atlanta on this Wednesday, along, of course, as he just heard with uh, Janet Lauren, our higher education finance reporter. Um, president Thomas, so nice to have you here with us. Um, you know, there's a lot on the plate of our countries, colleges, and universities, the virus, reopening, virtual learning, the cost of education, inequalities. Um, what's top of mind for you right now? Well, top of, top of mind for me is, um, one, uh, making sure that the quality of what we offer uh, online this semester far exceeds what we were able to do last semester uh, and that we're also able to create community in this virtual environment because that's one of the things that draws students to Morehouse College. Um, and so we've required all of our faculty who are going to teach uh, this semester to be certified in online education because one of the things we learned is that there's a difference between online education and remote instruction. Remote instruction is where you essentially do what you do in an in-person classroom. You're just being taped or delivering it on Zoom or some other video platform. Whereas online education, there's actually a pedagogy to it that makes it much more dynamic. So we've invested in that. And the other thing that, you know, keeps me awake at night is... um, uh, you know, whether or not we'll be able to bring our students back for the spring semester, uh, given what we're seeing happen with the virus, uh, in particular in the state of Georgia, where our positivity rates, uh, testing rates, are in double digits right now. Well, you made the decision quite early on among colleges that you could not do in-person because there was too much risk for everybody, not only the students, but also the other people working on campus. Now, other schools are seeing their decisions may not have been such a great idea to invite students onto campus, uh, and they're having to pivot at a very late date when kids are already there. Can you talk about what went into your decision um, to to be virtual very early? yeah, it was it was very um, very straightforward. We very early on um, 
decided that the number one priority for us would be uh, keeping our students and our staff and faculty uh, safe from a health and wellness perspective. And then our second priority was ensuring the quality of what we could provide educationally. And the last, the third priority was, you know, what's, what, what's going to be the financial impact because we have to stay viable financially. And being clear about that uh, made it pretty uh, straightforward for us to move, you know, through our decision tree and to wind up being among the first schools to say that we would be fully remote, especially in the context of Georgia, right. where we also faced, uh, you know, a very confusing political environment where literally at one point we had the governor suing the mayor over whether masks could be mandated in the city of Atlanta, um, because the governor was not going to allow that to happen in the state of Georgia. And we were going to mandate masks on our campus. Uh, and it's hard to enforce a rule, you know, when students might raise the question, well, that's, that's not legal in the state. If the mayor right. can't do it, how can the college do it? Right. Um, so, so that just led us, you know, on a decision tree and, when we saw the rate of positive tests going up, um, that led us to reverse our earlier decision, which was that we would be in a low-density uh, hybrid format. Um, and uh, But it was, you know, in, in many ways, it was pretty straightforward because we just got very clear about, you know, what our priorities were and our principles. Right. Um, and so President and, Thomas... And, and, and the, Go ahead. Yep. No, I was going to say, you know, you may also know that we were the first school, uh, first scholarship granting school to cancel fall uh, football mm. in the country. Uh, and we did that almost three months ago. Uh, and we're using the same set of principles. And so, President Thomas, I have to ask you, pivoting a little bit away from your day-to-day job, you know, figuring out the mechanics of this university, you have studied organizational behavior. You have taught um, this over the years. You were the dean of a fantastic business school, my alma mater, uh, Georgetown University, before you came to this job. I do wonder, in your job, especially in Atlanta, especially at this incredibly prestigious, historically black college, what is your take on what we have seen around racial justice, racial unrest, but also, more importantly, the move toward really starting to talk in a serious way about diversity in corporate America? What have you seen? What have you observed of late? Yeah, so... It's, um, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's I, I don't quite know what the word is, but what we've seen is uh, the confluence of two pandemics. Uh, the first is the COVID pandemic, and the second is the pandemic of institutionalized uh, racism, um, in our institutions and organizations, uh, 
And, you know, if we look at COVID, it's revealed just stark inequities in health outcomes along lines of race. And then if we look at the pandemic of institutionalized racism, what it brings our attention to is the fact that there are still policies and practices that give license to uh, the conscious and unconscious biases uh, that uh, devalue uh, black, black lives and brown lives. Uh, in our country. Um, And it's very interesting to me that these two viruses had to come together and so powerfully paint that picture. The, you know, the other side of it is that in ways that I've not heard um, in my almost 40 years as an academic studying at the intersection of organizational change, leadership, and race, so many leaders now willing to use the words institutional racism, systemic racism, um, that it's, you know, not just about changing people's attitudes so they say they're not racist, but really looking at you know, the underpinnings of our social systems, uh, whether it's for-profit corporations or educational institutions or uh, the police force. And that really gives me some hope that, um, you know, we will see that this isn't just a moment. It's actually a movement to really move us toward uh, the ideals that underpin the American idea. Uh, so in that sense, I'm hopeful. Morehouse has been particularly impacted because we are the only historically black college uh, committed to the education of men, and black men have very much been part of, you know, the picture of what institutionalized racism looks like because of George Floyd. Uh, that's, that's not to deny that there's also black and brown women who've been affected like Breonna Taylor, but we've really been at the fulcrum. Um, you know, here in Atlanta, I, I uh, had a student who was tased, pulled from his car, had done nothing wrong, uh, other than talk to someone from his car that the police didn't want him to talk to. And, um, you know, we had to spend time helping to get him released, his, his record expunged. Um, and I've had other students arrested, so I've had to deal with things on that end of the continuum. And on the other end, uh, we've had a number of people reach out who want to partner with Morehouse College because they really want to take this moment seriously uh, and make a difference. Um, And that's been in the realm of philanthropy uh, as well as creating opportunities for our students and partnerships uh, to advance other aspects of the college. So it's, you know... um, it's really captured a lot about the complexity 
of of race and social justice uh, in our society, both the best of it and the worst of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Before we go, Janet, I know you want to ha- ask one more question. Yes, uh, if we could just talk a little bit about football. Again, you were very early on in saying this was not a good thing for your community, for the health of your athletes. And can you talk about, again, that decision? It is uh, manifested in divisions, in in, uh, athletic divisions. Some have said we can't do this. The SEC in in the South, where you are, is continuing. And, again, talk what went into that decision and the concern about the health of your athletes. Yeah, um, you know, when I looked at it, what I, one of my principles was I would not place any uh, segment of my student population at more risk than any other segment. We looked at football, and we just couldn't justify the idea. And, and at that time, we thought we might be able to come back in a low-density residential format. But it just became clear that our football players would be at greater risk uh, than our other students. And we coupled that with the fact that the black community has been disproportionately impacted. So the likelihood that, you know, we would have positive cases on our campus was fairly high. Our students, our student-athletes would travel to other schools, um, we had designed a, a very rigorous protocol to keep our students safe, but we couldn't guarantee that all the schools that they would visit to play at would have similarly rigorous uh, protocols because it's very expensive, you know, to test every player every week or twice a week. And uh, we, we also started with the assumption that um, our athletes are students first. We admit them to Morehouse College with the expectation that they're going to graduate from Morehouse College in four years, not that they're going to play football for three years and go pro. And um, we just ask ourselves, you know, what, what do we owe our students? And we say we owe them safety, and we owe them an education. So the other thing that we did and if you read our announcements, uh, in the first paragraph, we make very clear that we will guarantee every student athlete their scholarship because we brought you here to graduate from Morehouse. Um, and the fact that you're a great football player uh, is a dimension of merit, but it's not what determined whether you got into Morehouse College. And so uh, I'll be quite honest with you. I made the announcement without, I, I made the decision without talking to another president in Division One or Division II. Wow. Uh, and made the decision, announced it. We put out a public announcement. Woke up the next day <laughs> to a plethora of, um, you know, calls and um, emails and it was only in the first interview I did that I realized we were the first school <laughs> to actually cancel football at least scholarshiping school and I was actually shocked yeah 
Because well, you've I got you've had a, a lot of good company uh, since then. Listen, we could talk to you for the rest of the day and well into the come evening. Back. Uh, come you're back. You're going to have to come back and spend more time with us. Thank you so yeah. much, David Thomas, president of Morehouse College. Uh, such a thoughtful guy and Wish him his well. experience yeah. uh, teaching at Harvard and, as I said, uh, at the dean as the dean of the business school at Georgetown, the McDonough School, yeah. at a time of unbelievable growth and where he is now, yeah. uh, a really important role. And uh, we we remember also Robert Smith, of course, uh, that huge move, uh, basically That's taking right. on all of the student debt there at Morehouse. That stemmed from a conversation over dinner with David Thomas uh, when that all happened. Our thanks as well to Janet Lauren, our education and higher education and finance reporter.